there are so many synchronicities and things that happened that was like, oh my gosh, this is what I was meant to do, right? This is, this is it. This is the thing. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I am Stephanie Zamora and today we are here with Thomas Worm, who is the creator of Mountain Mind Tricks. And among many very interesting and cool things, he is also a wildland firefighter. Thomas, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. And yeah, like you said, I've spent the last 14 years on uh, wildland firefighting on the line out there um, on engines, crews, helicopters, um, chainsaws, all that stuff. I've been through it all. So, um, Mm. and, and what I do now is I'm helping other wildland firefighters or other first responders with mental health and, and mountain mind tricks is really founded to focus on the mental health crisis in that field. And so uh, that's, that's my drive, my passion, my purpose. So every day I'm putting out content, books, podcasts, something to help that, that, uh, crowd. Yeah, I love that so much. And you, this work was actually born from a loss within your firefighting career. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, everything was normal. It was kind of in this ordinary world of of firefighting, of chewing and drinking and just having like this awesome fire life, you know, and I loved it. It's probably like mid, uh, late 20s, you know, every life's really good at that point. And uh, my, my engine captain passed away at that like suddenly, like I was at his house the night before everything was fine. Next day he was gone. And it was, uh, you know, best friend, big mentor in life. And that passing just, it took about a year or two for it to really hit me hard. But when it did it, I mean, in the moment it was hard, but it just got worse and worse and worse. And it it was a absolutely a life changing event for me. Yeah. How long had you known him? Uh, probably about three or four years, which, you know, it doesn't seem like that long, but when you're fire brothers, it's like the bond is so deep. It's, it's unbelievable. So it was very, very personal for me. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, that period between when the loss happened and and when it really hit you, were you distracting yourself? Were you numbing out? Like what was it that, that took it so long to really land? Yeah. Right. So the big one was, um, you know, most firefighters drink a lot. Like that's kind of common. And like, so I was drinking a moderate amount, but I noticed like it started getting worse and worse. Um, as well as I came to a boiling point where nothing like crazy was going on in life, but it was pretty bad. And so I just said, well, I want to quit drinking. I want to start eating healthier and all that stuff. And that's when the, you know, without the drinking anxiety started coming, the grief really hit me hard. There's uh, actually some health problems that started to pop up um, at the very beginning of my healing journey that was like uh, really, really hardcore. I had some health stuff going on. And so I started doing meditation and, and diving deep into journaling. And, and I kind of went back to this, like something that happened to me in high school of where I just went really deep into meditation and I would say I had a very extreme awakening experience during meditation. And that was uh, another catalyst for like this, this big change for me that was, that was about to happen in the next couple of years was that, that moment in meditation that was so mind blowing. It was, um, you know, I write about it in one of my books that it just changed everything for me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear more about that, but I want to, I want to go back to, if you're open to talking about it, because I had in my own grief and healing journey, a ton of unexpected health, 
health ailments that came up physical between panic attacks and not being able to swallow and being in so much severe pain in my back and hips and adrenal fatigue. Are you willing to share a little bit about what showed up for you? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely chronic pain, like neck, back, knees, all my joints, as well as like my stomach would hurt like all the time. And and I kind of came up like all of a sudden I had this gluten intolerance thing that showed up. I was never gluten intolerant before, but like a year later or so after the trauma, there was this gluten intolerance. Um, I had uh, heat in my body to the point where I was always hot. Like I had a fever, probably 99 for like a year, you know, so my whole body was out of whack. I had, um, yeah, really bad anxiety, like especially health anxiety. Like it was just like, um, to go pretty deep, you know, it was like, you know, how you get little pains in your body. It was like the end of the world for me. I mean, I would totally lose it with that. Um, my pupils were always dilated. I had like really crazy stuff going on in my, in my head all the time. So it was just hard to even go to work at this point. I mean, it was yeah. like getting pretty desperate and just dis- and a lot of despair in my life and pretty hopeless yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Did you, when you first experienced the loss, did you make any time? Did you do any grieving or was it kind of like a quick move on to what's next? Thankfully the agency I was working for at the time, they, they gave us about two weeks off. We went back East to do the funeral and all of that. And we just, we just partied like crazy because, you know, Mike wouldn't want us to be all sad and all that stuff. So we just had a great time and that was it. I mean, nobody talked to us. Nobody kind of helped us deal with it. It was just like, yeah, no processing at all. I don't think that really happened until later. Yeah. Yeah. So you had already had a relationship with meditation. It sounds like. Yes, I had a, um, this, this kind of ties into, to why this was so hardcore. I mean, you know, everybody around me was like, yeah, that was really sad. But for me, it just like, I mean, it put me on the ground. Um, and in, during high school, I had a near death experience where I went from really bad things, drugs, addictions, really hardcore stuff in high school to near death experience to all of a sudden I was reading three or four books a week to meditation, yoga, Kung Fu classes. It was like, whoa, different person, like 4.0s, you know? Um, so yeah, I went back to that during this period. I kind of, I dove really deep into that stuff. Yeah. What was the, if you're open to sharing the near death experience like, and how did it alter who you like? Tell us more about how it altered who you were. Yeah. So, so interesting. I remember that night I had a lot of pills. I had a lot of alcohol and I was so like, I got to get mushrooms tonight. That was my goal that night. And thankfully that never happened. And I, I eventually OD'd on the pills and alcohol that night. And I remember I was in Washington at the time. And so I just walked outside and collapsed in this like rainstorm in the winter. So I'm just out there in the winter, cold, rain, wet at night, totally everything blacked out. And what's so interesting is, you know, I think I was so hopeless and angry that there is there was no experience really. It was just black and nothing. And for the longest time, I was like, I never thought it was a near death experience. But when I started reading more about it, like the last couple of years, it was like, no, that was definitely a near death experience because, um, the next day it was like, I was a completely different person. So there was no tunnel of light. There was no nothing like that for me, which is so interesting. Cause now it's like, I, I think I've blown out that barrier and, and understand there's a lot more than just blackness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That gives me goosebumps when you tell it. (laughs) So lucky for you, it sounds like you had already had a situation that allowed you to invite in these different like modalities and 
skills and tools. So yeah, tell us about your meditation experience after your loss, after you, it sounds like got sober. Yes. Yeah, definitely sober. So I'm all sober during this whole period. So yeah, like I was talking about the ailments were really thick at this time. And I started doing this meditation where I was uh, moving energy in my body. I didn't really know, like I've done Tai Chi and all those things, but this was a different, this was energy inside your body and your meridians and more of a Chinese style um, energy system. And meditating for about two or three hours, kind of at night, because I was having such trouble sleeping. Um, and I was really deep and I just asked out loud, like, universe, please, can you open my third eye so I can see? And it was just like, boom, I was launched out of my body completely. Um, and I was above the earth, um, in this state, you know, and I was seeing the earth and it was like, I had that astronaut feeling like, wow. Um, and then I, I was drawn towards the sun, right? So I, I was floating towards the sun and just enjoying the light. And when I went to the sun, it like, it turned into a trail to the next sun and the next sun. And so I, I traveled from solar system and solar system in this vision to where I eventually came to the black hole in our Milky way. And I went into the black hole and that went to more tunnels to the next black hole and really just kept going and going and going out of curiosity into the center of our universe. And, and eventually what happened for me was I zoomed all the way out. Like everything just started zooming out this crazy, amazing pace I just started seeing flickers of light from this cluster of universe to our galaxies to this cluster. And, and it just was like firing all these lights. It was so beautiful. And I just had this like aha moment of like, this is the universe. It's just consciousness. And it was just, as soon as I had that feeling, it was just like, I knew it for a fact. It was just like, I was put back in my body. And I can say after that, my health just, exploded and in a really bad way i was way worse for a while and it took i was actually seeing sacred geometry for a couple of days which was really really wow. scary for me so sometimes i'm like did i have a stroke it's totally possible i don't know but after that it, it took a lot of acupuncture to really calm down my whole body and and the way my acupuncturist described it was that it was a um you know, a, what do you call it? Like a, a Qigong deviation. In other words, my, my energy was like totally out of whack after that. But, um, so I don't recommend doing something like that, but <laughs> it, it was, um, quite the experience that changed everything for me again. Yeah. It's so cool to hear that. I had a, a similar, but different experience very early on in my journey. And, and in the work that I do, we work with this concept of the void, which is those like pockets of nothingness being the doorway to connecting with whatever we want to call it, God, source, the universe, the energy that is. And, and my first experience was very accidental. It was in a very dark place, very emotional. I, I wrote about it in my book and kind of like slipped and fell through this void. And it was, it felt very much like an out-of-body experience. Like you just described, like I was floating out amongst the universe and the stars and everything was clear and everything made sense. And so if I had not had an experience like that, I mean, when I was younger, I would have heard stories like this and been like, mm, sounds like you were tripping on something. But when you <laughs> right. have those experiences, it is intense and amazing and so hard to describe. And for me, after my experience, it was very similar. And I've, I've had other experiences like it since, but you're just, you're changed. And was there anything for you in particular about that experience that you can remember? Um, or maybe it was just inherent to it that 
you felt like contributed to those internal shifts for yourself that made things different? Yeah, I think um, something almost happened like this during one of my tattoos. And it's so funny. I was getting a tattoo of sacred geometry and I was so like, <laughs> so in I was just like, this hurts so bad, but I was focusing on the love. And it was like, um, I felt my, my, I felt like my soul was going to come out of my body. And it was just like the scariest thing ever. I was really not open to any of this stuff, you know, at yeah. this point in time. And, um, and so when this happened, it was like, it was so fast that there was no time to fear it, even though it was kind of like, Oh my God, what's happening. But then once I was there in the out of body experience, it was so peaceful. And like, I'm safe. I'm safer than I felt safer than I've ever yeah. felt before in my entire life. And it was, um, I think that that shift of like, no, it's actually safe to explore. It's safe to, um, go deeper than, than you have been. Yeah. Do you feel like it allowed you to access any different parts of yourself? Absolutely. As far as my heart center, intuition is like off the charts now. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, like natural healing gifts that I was given as far as helping people shift their energy. And the work I do now with the timeline therapy is um, it's just so uh, congruent with that stuff. We're shifting the subconscious beliefs. We can shift the energy and then even we can put in there like soul retrievals and things like that. So it just helped me become such a healer. It, it really did give me gifts that I'm still exploring, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I could, I could ask you questions about that all day. Um, we actually are working on developing processes to help catalyze that for people so that they can have similar experiences. But I would be really curious to know, um, being someone in the world doing a very masculine profession and identifying as a masculine individual, I feel like men especially have such a such a challenge when it comes to healing and growth and even having spiritual experiences like this because it's it's frowned upon, it's looked down on. Like it's not a manly thing to do. It's not a masculine thing. What was what was your relationship to maybe some of the other firefighters or the other men and masculine figures in your life? And were you sharing all of this with them? Yeah, absolutely. So there's exactly what you're talking about. The masculine kind of closed world kind of view that, that we're talking about that is amplified to a hundred in the fire world. So people are so shut off from their heart center, from any sort of intuition. And what's so interesting is that we hear all the time, like every briefing before we go into an operation, it's like fight fire with your gut. So we have the gut instinct, but um, as far as opening the heart and the other energy centers and actually exploring this stuff, it was so rare. And I would say I just have a hard time connecting with men in general because I'm so, I'm so much more open. You know, my openness is like a hundred out of a hundred. And so it's, it's tough for me to connect with men. Absolutely. I do enjoy the feminine energy as far as like exploring ideas and concepts so much better. So that's always been hard for me is connecting with that male energy. Definitely. Yeah. So you have this experience and then you go to an acupuncturist to like realign your energy, which makes total sense. And what happened next? So the acupuncture took, I would say this is like a year process for me of going through the healing journey. And actually he did a, 
I'm not really sure what he did to me, but there is like a, he does a lot of acupuncture and also like shamanic work. So he's also a shaman of sorts. And so I had another spiritual experience where I actually changed timelines in, and this person that passed away actually came and helped me release things. It was probably even more powerful. The second time this experience happened to me. So the acupuncture was helping, but then when that happened, it was like a major shift. And at that point, I don't even remember what happened or how there was just like this, um, this drive to start helping people. It was so deep inside me. So I got a coach from, I started getting coached by Matt Belair. He has a podcast. Um, that was like the first catalyst for me was working with him. And then all of a sudden I would say one of the big things during this time was I was meditating again and just had this like voice come to me, like, you're going to write a book. Like Mm. there's no question. There's not even a thing, like you're going to write a book. I'm like, Oh, okay. So (laughs) I started writing and I guess that's another gift I was given. I just, the writing helps me so much. If I don't write like at least once a week or journal every day, it just, it really throws me out. So writing is a new thing for me out of all that. Yeah. I'm the same way. If, if I'm not writing, something has gone wrong. (laughs) Yeah, It's like breathing for me. Oh, so I love all of this. Okay. I want to go back to, cause you keep like gliding right past these amazing experiences. (laughs) Um, because to you, like, it sounds like they're, they're, they've been fairly normal throughout your life and I can be that way too. But I want to go back to that experience. So another thing that we work with a lot in journey mapping in my work is this idea of mentors and that it's not just the external mentors. So you talked about having an external mentor mm-hmm. and acupuncturists and healers and things like that are external, but we have these internal mentors as well. And when we do like the deeper process work, sometimes it's a mentor that shows up, that's a representation of some internal part of yourself. And other times, and I've had experiences like this too, we're actually calling in the energy of someone else, someone who's no longer with us. So I would love if you could share more about that. Absolutely. So after this, the big awakening experience, like we were going to move, we were going to change locations. We were going to move to Montana. And that was the hope. Anyway, we're waiting for all this stuff to fall into place. And I just remember during like, please God, universe, anything, get us to Montana. You know, we were in a desperate place and it happened and we got to the exact place we wanted to. And that's where I found my acupuncture. So that's where I found, like you're saying this, this major mentor that just like turned everything on its face for me. And, um, it's so interesting you explain it that way. I've never really thought about it that way, but I could absolutely see him as, uh, as almost a higher self or something that I was calling in like an, definitely an angel. Absolutely. This guy is an angel, a healer um, beyond words. And so um, that mentor was external, but I also started, um, I would say personally working with like Vedic energy of like a higher power of bringing like golden light, um, bringing in source in a way that I never really understood until he taught me this. And once I connected with source and and energy like that, it was just game on. I had so much more power behind my writing and and my business and everything that I was at this point, just kind of starting to form an idea about. And uh, that was the big mentor for me was like higher source for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I know for me, it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but there's certain experiences that I have and also certain aspects to my work. So we're creating this institute and 
I'll tell people about what we're doing or how we're doing it. And people might say, well, why are you doing it this way? And I'm like, well, it's, it's not up to me. I'm not in charge. Like I, the <laughs> Institute is like an entity and I can feel it and I communicate and work with it. And to people that, that don't have that deeper spiritual experience or haven't worked with energies in that way, they're just like, okay. Um, but it sounds like that's been kind of a big part of your journey. Was it an, did it show up for you when you were younger? Did you have any kind of connection like that before? Um, you know, before the near-death experience, I would say, I, I guess when I was a child or really young, I had a couple spirits come to me, like children asking for help. It was kind of like ghosts, I guess, kind of feeling. And then specifically, me and my best friend, we would just... Um, it sounds crazy, but we play this game game called creatures and we would like open these portals and go fight bad guys. <laughs> and like, you know, it was like a dream world of like dinosaurs and laser guns and all this stuff that little kids do. But to this day, me and him talk about that. And like, I'm not really sure if that was real or not. Like, I, I kind of think it was, that's how open we were at that point. And so I think from a very young age, I was, I was open to, to mystical experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So it's very common after these experiences that we go through to feel that pull towards service and giving back and especially in a creative way, even if we don't think that we're very creative people. So you started to get that call to help people and and to write. And how did that lead to everything that you're doing now? Yeah. So like the coaching for myself and then writing books. And then I eventually was coached and mentored into going into like my first coaching certification. And, and that was really well. And I could just see like coaching's awesome, but there's more, there's more, what else is there? And my acupuncture is like, well, you should check out NLP. And I um, went to a, a Dr. Matt NLP training with the empowerment partnership. And it was just like, those four days were jaw dropping. I mean, there are so many synchronicities and things that happened. It was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I was meant to do. Right. This is, this is it. This is the thing. Um, and so right then and there, like second day I signed up for master practitioner. And so I waited about a year for that next training. And I can say that my writing, the business, like everything was kind of um, taking baby steps at this point. And then this summer during the training, a master practitioner was 14 days long, 10, 10 hour days of just the most mind blowing techniques, psychology. I mean, there was medical doctors and doctors in psychology that were like, I just, all eight years of my schooling is worthless compared to this. I mean, there was multiple people saying that. So absolutely life-changing experience. And then through, you know, at the end, I received my breakthrough session as part of the training. And that breakthrough session of the the mental emotional release was when uh, I can say the breakthrough was so much deeper and the near death experience stuff and the grief that was like, Oh, that triggered stuff that was so past life and genealogical that it was like a, it was a breakthrough that, uh, I still is, is it's so big that like, as soon as I had the release, I like was like, what the F just happened? Like, is that even possible? Like, is it possible? Like what I just released or what happened? So that was like the, I would say that was like the biggest thing that's happened to me through all this process is that yeah. that breakthrough session. And it just solidified everything to where, you know, taking action, focus, um, my business is just exploding right now. And it really seems to be full circle. Like now I have, I have that tool to give people and I like every client I work with is it's life transforming. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Wow. Breakthrough moments are amazing. A big topic that we talk about on this podcast and in journey mapping is this idea of reorienting. And so it sounds like you've had different rock bottom moments throughout your life, as well as different like life-changing, life-altering experiences and breakthrough moments. And what has been your process for really reorienting to yourself and to your life and your relationships in the aftermath of those? Yeah. So I think the big thing is like the last five years, I felt like I'm so out of place in this fire world. Like I'm, I'm talking to the fire. I'm out there talking to the trees and connecting with the mycelium and, and being a shaman out in the woods as a firefighter. And that's like such a different context of what other people are doing. And it just felt like I'm so out of place, but I was like, there's so many more lessons to have. Um, and so I think the big thing was reorienting. It took me a long time to realize to have this uh, shift of like, who would I be without being a firefighter? That was really hard. That was probably the hardest thing to overcome. And, and it took a shamanic death of like actually letting that identity die in a way that allowed this other identity of a healer to really blossom and to really let go of the past and, and to yeah. become like my highest potential and that has been such an amazing experience to really just take all those lessons and, and learn and release that whole career of, of, of amazingness is an amazing position, amazing jobs, amazing people with so much trauma and, and just is such a cool experience. So it was hard to move forward. That was, I would say like the last thing that really like helped me break free into what I'm doing now. Yeah. That's such a hard thing to do. Was there any particular process that you took yourself through to be able to let that go? Cause I feel like it's so hard for us to let go of those past versions of ourselves and past identities and like our frame for the context of our life and our world. So is there anything particular that helped? Yeah. So there was like this moment on a fire. I was in charge of the crew. Everything's good. It's just like been there, done that. This is, it's a good assignment, you know, and I just kept getting like, not urges, but like suicidal thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I've had those before, especially when I was younger, it was like pretty hardcore, but this was more like, I don't think like that. And we're like, what is happening? And just like the suicidal thoughts kept coming up and up and up, but then something clicked like, no, it's like, this is a part of you that wants to die. It's not, you're not going to die. If you agree to this, you're not going to seriously die. It's like, you're allowing something to die, like to change. And that was, um, that was a huge thing for me. Like just allowing that identity to just forgive and, and release and, and go back to source, you know, and it was such a shamanic death. I mean, there was definitely crying and grief and like, I was like laying in my tent on the middle of this fire at night. And it was just like, felt like I was dying, but the next day I was like, Oh wow, I'm different now. Yeah, that rebirth is so worth the death, <laughs> but yeah. we resist the death so hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious to know, and maybe you don't know, but what has allowed you to be so open? Like that openness to the energies, to these experiences, to source, like it sounds like that's been there for you for a lot of your life. And I'm, I'm curious if you know what has allowed you to be that open. So this same friend that I talked to you about playing creatures with, this is the craziest story I think of my entire life. Like, I don't know how this happened, but we moved to this new neighborhood when I was about five. And my mom tells a story all the time. And she's like, Thomas, you came up to me, you know, the mom. And she's like, 
you said, there's a boy down the street. I want to play with him. You're going to take me down there right now. And I was like, what? I didn't even see him, you know? And so went there and knocked on the door and we started playing that day. And we are literally best friends to this day. Maybe we don't talk every day or every month anymore, but we are still best friends. And we would have these same conversations about what we're talking about right now, about energy and spirits and all this stuff. I mean, probably when we were like 10, like this is just always what we talked about. And it's always has been, always will be. I'm, I'm not totally sure where that came from. Just me and him were so in tune with energy. And, mm-hmm. and I think honestly, I think I had a pretty uh, big like psychedelic experience in high school with mushrooms. That was a, a very ceremonial healing process that um, I would say that just, that just added to everything. And so that just added to that openness. And, and like I said earlier, I'm like a hundred out of a hundred probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you've, it sounds like always kind of been that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because like my partner is a lot more grounded than I am, which I think I need because I'm so open. It's like, Oh, I can go off on a tangent, go out of my body and go do all this crazy stuff. It's like, no, you got to come back and like do real world <laughs> things sometimes. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a trait I have for sure. Yeah. Um, tell us about what it's like to take this work and work with other firefighters now. Yeah, it's so rewarding. And there's a lot of, like we talked about earlier, you know, the masculine energy of closed off of um, having that kind of closed mind. It's, it's hard to get in, but once you do, it's so beautiful to watch them transform and to, um, to actually watch their body go from really tense to like, Oh, after the breakthrough mm-hmm. session, it's like their whole face changes, their whole body changes. You know, in the wildland firefighters, there's, there's some serious trauma occasionally, but it's more like, is day-to-day trauma every single day. Like, yeah, there was a close call. Like, yeah, the tire came close to the cliff. Like it's just little things that add up so much. So 10 years go by and and these guys are, and women are just so wound up that the breakthrough session and the mental emotional release is so incredible to just watch their transformation. And and it's, it's life-changing, like we said before, but working with the firefighters, it's so rewarding because it's like, I was there. I, I, I've experienced what you're experiencing right now. And there's another side, I promise. Yeah. Is that what you think allows them to be open to the work? Um, I think honestly, it takes like two or three people to tell them like, Hey, like I did a breakthrough session or like, maybe you should try getting help because it's like I said before, the, the help is, it's so much resistance of, I don't have PTSD. I don't have anxiety, but it's like, well, then why are you drinking seven days a week? And so it usually takes some sort of family member or person that knows or is more open to this kind of stuff to get them in contact with me. Do you just stay wide open or do you feel like there's any kind of practice for you to not close? Because this world can be so intense. And when we do this Mm -hmm. work with other humans, at times it can be intense. What do you do to make sure you stay open? Yeah. So the big thing for me, like I do a lot of like protection stuff and and more just, I define my energy and their energy and make sure I know the boundaries. Cause I'm so empathetic. I'll just take on their energy. No problem. I've done that for years. Right. So yeah. I have to be really careful with that of knowing where their consciousness starts and where mine stops. And that's really important for me to not stay closed, but to, to set boundaries. And then honestly, I'm pretty open. I would say 90% of the time, it's just, it's just kind of who I am. But that's, that's the big one is just making sure I set boundaries energetically. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us more about your book. Yeah, so my most recent book is called Awakened by Heart Fire. And it's really 
it's really, it came out of this journey with this acupuncturist. And actually he helped me, you know, I would take a chapter to him and he would just scrub it all out. Like, Oh, that's junk. And you should, yeah, this one idea, like go for that. And so he really helped me through that. And it's, it's about my, you know, in Chinese medicine, I had, um, I had heart fire as in this, like this heat to my body was overtaking everything, which is so funny because I'm a firefighter. Right. And, uh, so what happened is that this heart fire changed from an ailment to a gift and into this heart fire of like opening my heart center of this purpose. So I really guide the reader through kind of some like life journey stuff for me, but then I also give them all the lessons that I was given through source of, um, and in the book, I call it the infinity fire, right? We're connecting to the infinity fire. We're bringing that into our heart fire. And it's almost like, this metaphor that I use is so amazing. And it's like we're in the, in the forest fires, you would see one tree catch on fire. And then that one tree would just shoot a couple little sparks and would start catching little tiny fires. And it's like those little tiny sparks, that's humans. Those are like the little sparks of infinity fire coming from, from source. And so yeah. that's kind of what we're talking about is like getting that heart fire just lit up and using it to find our purpose and our heart calling. And so I really guide that there's a lot of techniques and meditation. And in the book, there's a guided meditation series, about 10 meditations that go in sequence to really help the person learn how to sense danger with their hearts, find nourishment and, and set boundaries like we're talking about and really do a lot of grounding and all these things. There's even a prescribed fire for your mind, which is, um, you know, this really deep hypnosis track where we go into the forest of your mind and we start pruning away the whole forest and making piles and then we like burn it all. And it's a very healing process. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's a really cool book. And it, it was a lot of work to, to get that out. Yeah. Yeah. Books are a process and a journey. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What would you say to people? There are a lot of people that I talk to or I hear from that are like, I want to do this healing work. I I want to heal and find my purpose and step into what's next. But they are so terrified of the process and like that deeper work, but also what they're going to lose, what they stand to lose aspects of themselves, relationships, ways of being parts of their lives. What's something that you would say to them? I would say from my experience and other people around me, the breakthrough session work, the mental emotion release, it, it helps you one, you release like the seed of that terror. There's, there's a reason why you're terrified to take that next step. And it's, I can tell you, it's probably way, way deeper than you can even imagine. And that's, what's so interesting. When we work with the subconscious mind. It's like, it, you won't even know what the real problem is until you just get in there and you work with it. And that breakthrough session, that breakthrough process is, um, it will just make going forward so much easier. So that's one thing. The other thing is just meditation and connecting to source and connecting to really your heart purpose. I think that's like number one thing is just, just connecting with source. Absolutely. And, and yeah. being willing to change, like, cause we all have these secondary gains of, you know, what we're getting by holding on to negative things. But once you're really ready to let that go, you can flourish. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so we're going to link to all of your amazing things in the show notes, but tell everyone where they can find you, how they can learn from you and how they can work with you. Yeah. So mountainmindtricks.com is, is the website and that's got uh, everything on there and it's geared towards firefighters, but I work with anybody, you know, so um, 
there's that. There's Thomas M. Worm on Facebook and um, Mountain underscore Mind underscore Tricks on Instagram. You can find me on my podcast, Sacred Ancestry Podcast. And yeah, that's that's like the main handles. And you can find my books on Amazon. And uh, I actually have three out right now. So there's a couple. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being here and for sharing so much of your incredible journey and all of your wisdom. I so appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That's, that's an honor to hear that. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to an eight-week sampler of our renowned journey mapping program. That gives you instant access to impactful training lessons, life-changing exercises, and our signature AccuSesh processes that you can implement immediately. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community. So please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.